0: If you have your Bible today, if you'll take it and turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we've been looking at a sermon series dealing with how gratitude is more than attitude. Now, I don't want to make sure you don't think we have a contradiction here because if your children are part of our Elevate ministry or your grandchildren, you may see some material that they're going home with. Uh, we're, We're experimenting with something new and it's uh, sharing parallel parallel uh, Bible stories and sending home uh, Bible studies for family devotion time during the week. And um, so you may see that. Now, if you see that, you may think, uh, well, this is a contradiction. Because their lesson says, have an attitude of gratitude. Now, we understand that and are very familiar with it. And... Uh, But we as adults have been talking the last couple of weeks about how gratitude is more than simply your attitude. Now, that's not a contradiction. Matter of fact, uh, it's, it's, it's growing into. Whenever you're a new believer in Christ or a young child, you have to start out simple, amen? I mean, you just don't jump into spiritual maturity the same way when you're born, you're not... Uh, A mature adult. Matter of fact, the Bible puts it this way, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, so do we as young believers. But then Paul says, but by this time you ought to be teachers. But yet you seem to keep needing a bottle. And so as new believers in Christ or young children, we have to understand that to have an attitude of gratitude is pretty significant. But when we are mature believers in Christ, your gratitude should be more than just simply saying, I'm going to have a good attitude about this. And so we began to understand how do we do that? Because it's pretty hard. It's a pretty significant accomplishment to be able to have a mindset, not just a mindset, but we like look last week at that passage of scripture that said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, who being in the form of God, didn't count it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant, that of a bond servant. And so today I want to go a little bit further with that uh from where we were last week when we were dealing with that sermon series about if we're going to live a life of gratitude, one that exudes gratefulness. Last week we looked at how we have to live a life of humility. And today as we jump into this, I want to share with you a passage of scripture now. This one passage of scripture right here is probably pulled out of context more than any other scripture. It says, uh, in in the scripture, I'm going to read it and then we're going to go back. It says, give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, well, pastor, that's a pretty simple verse. What do you mean it's out of context? Well, what was the context that Paul wrote that? It was his final exhortation to the church of Thessalonica. He was writing them. Matter of fact, when you look at it, here's what he says in verse 12. He goes on and he says, Now we ask you, brothers, to give recognition to those who labor among you and who lead you in the Lord and who admonish you. We want you to esteem them very highly. In love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you brothers. Warn those who are lazy. Comfort the ones who are discouraged. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good for one another and for all. So he's given this context here writing this baby church, he's saying, be in unity, have a spirit of humility, have a mindset of gratitude, have a mindset that you're grateful for those who are in your life, who are training you, who are leading you, and who are maturing you in your faith. Then he says these words, rejoice always, pray earnestly, and give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now look at this right here. Well, here's where we miss it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not despise the prophecies that I've given you. But test all things. Hold to what is good. Stay away from evil. Now, brothers and sisters, may the God of peace Himself satisfy you, sanctify you completely, and may your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound. May your spirit, may your soul, and may your body be kept sound. May it be kept blameless. Until the coming of the Lord. He who calls you is faithful. Who will also do it. Now would you circle that or highlight it on your smart device. Uh, I mean this is interesting. He who calls you is faithful. And here is the answer to your question. He will do it. Now, let's unpack this for a few moments. It's pretty simplistic here today. The points are laid out very simply. Rejoice. Give thanks for what God is doing. Give thanks for what God is up to. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Rejoice Give thanks. How are you going to do those things? The answer is right there. Matter of fact, we've been unpacking this with great detail on Saturday nights. uh, Dealing with prayer. Having intimacy with God. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. Everything that was just spelled out for us is impossible to do if you only have an attitude of gratitude. If as far as we ever go in being grateful is to have an attitude of gratefulness, you cannot live out these passages of scripture because you have not yet adopted yourself to the fullness of that passage that we looked at last week where he says to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not count it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant a bond servant he despised the cross Rejected the shame. We looked at that last Sunday. All that Jesus went through for us. It's impossible for us to do that if we have to have an attitude. Because we looked at last week and how easy it is for something to jerk the spirit right off of you. You may be up in the third heaven having a glorious time and then something happened in you. And all of a sudden it just capture you and pull the spirit off of you if it's just on you but if the spirit of God is within you it's something much greater something much greater rejoice verses 12 through 13 says now brothers give recognition to those who labor among you and who lead you in the Lord who admonish you you know what that means who don't give up on you who pride you who encourage you who continue to direct you Who doesn't want you to stay spiritually immature, but actually wants you to grow in your faith. Wants you to come to the level of maturity that you understand all that God has for you. Admonish those people, those who lead you. That's not just your pastor. It's not just your church staff. That's people that are around you in your church family, people around you in in what you do, in places you go, where you work, other believers, those who won't give up on you, those who love you enough to tell you the truth. Rejoice in your spirit. Rejoice in your spirit. Now, how am I going to rejoice in my spirit? And the Bible says, again, I say rejoice. And then he says, pray without ceasing. There's three things that he gives us here that is almost impossible to do in the flesh. Rejoice constantly, pray constantly, and give thanks constantly. Now, maybe I've not yet arrived, and I know I still have a lot of maturing to go in my faith, but I've been at it for quite a while, and I am telling you, on on my best days, it's hard to pray without ceasing. On my best days, it's hard To give thanks when things are not going the way that I think they should go. It's hard. It's hard. No. It's impossible. It's impossible for me in my flesh to want to pray all the time. Now that doesn't mean you've got to stay in your prayer closet and we've been looking at that on Saturdays but the mindset of prayer that your ear is attended, that you're listening for God. It's like we looked at last night. We looked at how we should pray and how we should ask and how we should seek. And you know what? I was I just today, there's something I've been asking God about. And you know what? I've been seeking the Lord on, and I've been having this mindset of prayer, and it's what's on my mind all throughout the day. That doesn't mean I'm shut up in the prayer closet and spending all my time there as a hermit. But what it means is that when I get up in the morning, I'm saying, God, let this mind be in me, which was also in in you God. Lord I want to know what you want God. I want to hear what you have to say to me. You know what now the clear blue today passing by God gave me a, a, a word through somebody else. Somebody, somebody made a, a, a simple comment that I, I, that made no sense to them to me it made sense to them but it would have never made sense to what God was saying to me through them. Now, now, can I tell you how that happened? Buy a cup of coffee, drinking a cup of coffee, occasional chattering. Matter of fact, you would probably call it wasting your time. Just salutations, greetings. Let me tell you. Don't ever despise what God is doing, because He will speak to you in the most unusual ways. Through the most unusual people, if you will let him. If you say, God, I want to have this mindset of prayer. Sometimes it's hard to pray that way. Uh, we prayed earlier for baby Abigail. That, that little baby needs a miracle. So what do you do about that? Well, well, so that I can remember to pray for her when my phone's ringing off the hook or all this stuff is happening. You know, man, just put a quarter in my shoe. And every time I feel that quarter, I'm reminded of that little baby that needs a miracle. That mom or that dad is trusting God for something that they can't understand or they can't comprehend or maybe it's something going on in your life and you need God to manifest himself in your life. And you don't have to drop to your knees when you feel the quarter and take 30-minute time out and say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're so wonderful. But what he could say is, God, you know that I'm over my head and I don't have the answer. In Jesus' name would you work on my behalf And carry on about your business Pray without ceasing Praying Rejoicing Giving thanks For this is the will of God You could pull out your smart device and pull up any number of bookstores and type, type in the will of God. And there would be page after page after page after page of things telling you about the will of God. The Bible says there's five things that's his will. I'm not going to preach these. These aren't five points. But let me, there's five times in the scripture it says this is the will of God. It's God's will that none should perish is what it says. Salvation. It's God's will that we be sanctified. That means set aside for the purpose he created you to be. It's God's will that you be spirit filled. Filled with the spirit. It's God's will that we be submissive to him. It's God's will that we give thanks. Give thanks. Submissive. 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 That we give thanks to God. We give thanks to God when everything is going right. We give thanks to God when everything is going bad. You know, one of the the oldest stories in the Bible is the book of Job. And he was a blessed man. And there he was. He had lost his children. He had lost his farm. He had lost his dignity. He had lost his livelihood. He was broke. He was busted. He was sitting in the city dump. His body was covered with sores. And the Bible says that he was scraping his sores with broken pottery in the city dump and his wife came to him and said you fool why don't you just curse God and die and he said am I to take the good things from God and not the bad the world today says why would we serve a God who would let those kind of things happen so number one argument for atheists and agnostics Is why would I serve a God who allows bad things to happen? We live in a fallen world. And we have a God who's working in the midst of the bad things. And what we see is a bitter end. God sees as a new beginning. For those who are filled with the Spirit. For those who walk in the Spirit. For those who rejoice in the Spirit. For those who pray in the Spirit. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height nor depth nor things in our past nor things in the present nor things in the future. There's neither width nor principalities or kingdoms or powers to come that can separate me from the love of God. And for that I will give thanks in the gratitude of my heart And not just my attitude My gratitude is anchored in the word of God And not what's happening around me Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down today? Paul summarized it best Writing to the church of Corinth in the second epistle He writes to them and says this in chapter 11 He says I have been beaten five times with whips I've been beaten three different times with rods. I was stoned and left for dead. Three times I had a shipwreck. What would that mean? Don't get on a ship with Paul. Three times he had shipwrecks. One time he spent 24 hours stranded in the ocean. He said, I had dangers in the river. I had dangers with robbers. I had dangers with my own people. I had dangers with the Gentiles. I had dangers in the open country. I had dangers among false brethren. I labored with hardships on me day in and day out. And I had so many sleepless nights. I've been hungry with no food. Thirsty with no drink. I was cold with no clothes. But he said, you know what my greatest pressure was? You, the churches. I pray for you constantly. I seek God for you constantly. I pray that the will of God would move in your life. And I give thanks for you. We're not talking about something that can be accomplished in the flesh. We're not talking about something that can be accomplished by the power of positive thinking. We're not talking about things that could be accomplished by saying good thoughts and name it and claim it and that prosperity dynamic we're not saying those things what we are saying is that God my gratitude is rooted in the fact that I was undone that I was broken that I was doomed that I was damned that I had a life sentence for all of eternity and a devil's hell with damnation but you kicked open the back door of my life and God Lord you saw me when I was helpless you saw me at my worst yet you love me yet you went to the cross for me not that I love God not that we first love God but that God first loved us and gave himself to be the payment the propitiation for our sin that we might be set free that we might be redeemed that we might be shackled those who were shackled to an eternity of separation that those of us who had the sentence of death within ourselves might have the sentence of life flow from within us that we might be the fragrance of life that we might be the grace of god that we might be the glory of god to a fallen world and then when the world looks at us and they scratch their head and they say i don't understand how they could respond that way we say but god neither do i rejoice always Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For it is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Now let me wrap up with this. Do you know what happens if we don't do that as a believer? We grieve the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now, can we put this in context? He says, if you're going to live a life of ungratefulness, church of Thessalonica, then you will grieve the Holy Spirit. Do we ever wonder why there's no manifest power of God in the churches today, we want to blame it on the world. The world's bad. I mean, do you really think it's as worse now as it has ever been? I mean, may, may I remind you of this little thing called the Dark Ages? We have an entitlement mentality in the church. And the world projects that entitlement mentality on us. And it says that we don't deserve any hardships. And if we have one hardship, then God must not love us. how could we serve a God who would do that to us? God's not doing anything to us. We live in a fallen world driven by men with a fallen nature that are doing what comes natural to their spirit. And God is at work In the most horrific things and in some of the greatest things on our behalf. I'll never forget. It was a dark, dark time in my life. I was overwhelmed. I really couldn't give thanks, so I was having to piggyback on somebody else giving thanks for me. Sometimes it's that bad. Maybe you need to subcontract out your thanksgiving. <laughs> Say, right now, I don't have any stand up and shout in me, but I could you stand up and shout for me? I know I need to. In my heart, my heart wants. My heart wants to, but my body can't. You see what he said there in verse 23? In your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. You you know your body don't always agree with what your spirit says. Just get a little sick. Get the flu. Your spirit's not crushed, but your body... Here's what I'm saying, that sometimes what's happening in your spirit can't be manifested in your body. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It means you may have lost your song. But you have not lost your Savior. And maybe you need somebody to give you a, to praise God for you. Maybe all you can do is write it down and say, could you, just, could you just praise God for me with this? I, I can't stand up and shout right now. Do you think that means you're not spiritual? No, it means you're human. And what it means is, that your gratitude is more than your thinking attitude. That it is rooted deep down in my heart. J-O-Y, down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Spell it. My body can't say what my spirit is doing right now. So could you stand up and dance in the spirit for me? I was sitting there looking at my family being besieged. and I I got this card in the mail from an old school teacher. Had never married. just wasn't the warmest person in the world. She didn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Matter of fact, she had that school teacher look from back in the day that she didn't need a board. She could just look at you and you thought, already I've already been disciplined. And I, you know who I'm talking about? And I got this card in the mail and here's what it said. I only have one question for you, Pastor. What will you do with all those houses? What will you do with all those children? What will you do with all that prosperity when God adds it back to your account? And she wrote down a passage of scripture out of the book of Job where God multiplied back to him his farm his children, his wealth, his heritage. At that moment, my spirit was so crushed. But if I was going to have a Holy Ghost fit and want to have a -a praise-a-thon, she'd have been the last person I would have called. But somewhere in her prayer closet, she was praising God for me. I'm telling you, that did so much in my life. I had no stand up and shout, but on the inside, I was cutting flips. Because what she said to me is, God is faithful. Remember what I asked you to underline in your Bible? It said, He will do it. I know you can't do it. I know you don't want to give thanks for all the hell by the square inch you may be walking through, maybe hell by your own making, maybe hell by somebody else's making in your life, maybe your health is failing. Maybe your finances is failing. Maybe your marriage is failing. Maybe your relationship with your children is failing. I know, I know you don't want to give thanks for it, but surround yourself by people who will give you no other option. You know what she was telling me? Boy, get yourself together. God's not this. You can't praise him. You can't pray your way through it. You can't believe your way through it. But he who started this is faithful. And my brothers and sisters, I want you to know today on the authority of the word of God and not this preacher. He who started the good work in you has the authority to complete it, has the authority to finish. It's not up to me. It's up to God. And he will do it. Your head bowed today. Maybe you just need to run to this altar and say God I quit I quit trying Lord I surrender all I want another chance God I want a second chance God maybe I Maybe you're on your tenth chance I don't know Matt said earlier in that song How many countless chances have we had Maybe you want to run down to this altar And say God my body can't praise you but my spirit is Lord surround me by people who will praise God for me the Bible says in the book of Zephaniah that his angels sing over us that's because he knew on some days you'd have no sing within you that's what the Holy Spirit is for who intercedes for you with groanings that we cannot be understood by man you can't understand what you're praying but the Holy Spirit does he is able He is able. He will finish it. He will finish it. Don't have an attitude of gratitude. Leave that for your children. Teaching them in elementary principles how to walk, how to crawl, how to walk, how to run, how to jump. For us who are believers, let's have some spiritual maturity us and say, God, I don't want an attitude of gratitude. I want a life of gratitude. Maybe you need to run to this altar and say, God, I don't have it, but today I want it. Lord, I will give thanks to you today in everything because it's the will of God. Father, move in Jesus' name.